The main thing is uh, we are the land. Um, basically, we are not detached from the land. We are the land. We actually come from nature and that nature can heal us. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to provide insight and wisdom into all things mental health, to sit down with individuals and talk about their journey, how they've broken free from the chains that bind them, to find their flame, their passions, and purpose. Welcome back, listeners. We are so excited to be here for another season of the Break the Chains, Find the Flame podcast. Now, we meant to let you all know that we were taking a break, but we had some family issues that came up and we um, just got busy with life. And so, you know, that's on me. (laughs) I never actually recorded saying that we were taking a small break between what we were going to label season one and season two. Uh, which we actually did label (laughs) season one and season two. Now, we took a break, too, because the production of season one, which ended up being like 86, 87 episodes, not counting the meditations or the miniseries of Stigma is Curable, uh, really wasn't feasible to continue on that kind of pathway just based on, you know, the time and us getting the nonprofit ready to go with programming. So good news. We're back for season two. As you're listening to this now, this is episode one of season two, and we have a great episode for you today. Other good news is we're starting to put together some programming for the fall and the winter and into the spring, and we're excited to offer information on all of that for you in the future. So we've been busy. We just haven't been checking in with all you lovely listeners, but we're going to remedy it. Now, something you should know is that season two is going to be a smaller season and future seasons will probably be smaller seasons too, probably like 10 to 12 episodes just based on what we got going on. But we're going to pack it in there with a, a bunch of knowledge, a bunch of awesome guests and some some new meditations for y'all to check out and listen to as well. Now, episode one has one of my favorite people in it, Dr. Just Cree Giammarino. Now, Just Cree and I met about seven or eight years ago, and she is one of the reasons that we have the nonprofit and I got into my own private practice because she was one of the first people to give me a shot to have my private practice I sublet some space from her. We've been fortunate enough to have her also come and speak at some of our fundraising events to share her awesome wealth of knowledge and insight. Dr. Jess Cree is an amazing person. She has a doctorate in naturopathic medicine, and she has a wealth of knowledge in earth medicine, in ethnobotany, 
in spiritual and community practices of healing medicine. She is working currently in Springfield, Mass. I'll put all her information in the show notes so you can check it out. You can outreach to her if you find what she says is helpful or if you have any questions or if you want to be uh if you want to become one of her clients which i highly recommend she's awesome so i could probably spend all of this podcast just talking about her achievements and how cool she is but i'm gonna let y'all check her out and get into the podcast now so without further ado here's dr just Cree Janine. Our guest today is a fantastic person and super excited to have a mom, Just Cree, Dr. Just Cree. Thank you so much for coming on today. We're really excited to have you here and talk about your expertise and, you know, how you approach life and wellness. And I got to say, for me, it's kind of a circle moment, roundabout moment, because you were the first person who kind of gave me a shot at my own private practice and I sublet some space in your office. And so having you on the podcast today is just this great circle that kind of comes around to loop back around and connect. That's so awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love uh, talking holistic wellness. Awesome. And and that's a a huge thing of what we do here. And I think, um, you know, my own practice on mental health has evolved so much since, you know, when we first met and uh, it's really more inclusive of whole body wellness and integrative approach to that. So I'm really excited to kind of talk about that topic with you today. Um, But before we get into all that good stuff, uh, I'm wondering if you could give our listeners just kind of an origin story of who you are, what you do, and how you've kind of chased the important parts of your life to kind of be where you are now and what you're doing now. Sure, I could take the whole hour just on that. (laughs) But um, we're talking like you talk about super superpowers. So I am Penobscot of the Penobscot Nation, which is uh, First Peoples here of the Northeast. And in our creation story, uh, we come from Gluskabe, who was our superhero, basically. So Gluskabe um, created life from the red clay of the earth. And so he formed himself. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, trace my roots all the way back to the beginning of time here in the Northeast, all the way back to Gluskabe who taught us all about life. And so it was Gluskab who taught us how to use the plants as medicine, um, what foods to eat, how to plant foods, how to hunt, how to harvest. And so it was my path of uh, reconnecting with my ancestors and my, our ancestral knowledge of healing. And so I grew up in uh, Springfield, Mass., which is a city off the reservation and a little on the edge of our home traditional homelands. And so it was as a teenager that I really wanted to know more about how my ancestors survived. And so that brought me to the woods and reconnecting with our plant relatives and let's see, I took, and I was a senior in high school, I took a herbal medicine class with a Druid woman in Belchertown, Ellen Hotman, who's still there teaching. And I said, you know, I want to do herbal medicine for a living. And she said, don't be an herbalist. Uh, you should be a naturopathic doctor. And so I had never heard of it. And uh, mm-hmm. I went to UMass Amherst and got a bachelor's of science and created my own major in ethnobotany. So I really um, studied our cultural uses of plants as and doing pre-medical sciences 
And then I went on to get my doctorate in naturopathic medicine at the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And so there it really opened up the medical practice of nutrition and whole foods as medicine and functional medicine and lab assessments and um, going even deeper into medical herbalism. And then, uh, so I've been really working with elders and from different nations, studying our traditional healing ways, as well as practicing naturopathic medicine since 2005. Uh, so I really have, I have had my own practice here in Springfield for going on 20 years, which is pretty mind boggling. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So it's really been my passion and I couldn't be happier as far as um, the path I've chosen and um, the work that I do. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. You know, obviously there there are there's so much to each thing that you mentioned. And but I did do some prep work because I know that we we've known each other and you've been really, you know, we're so grateful at, at the nonprofit to have had you come speak at some of our events before. And I, I really appreciate how generous you are with your time. And um, you know, there's so much I, you know, I think there's to unpack, but I really love that, you know, how you started with um that's that story of making glue scott kind of making themselves out of the red clay and that seems to be the same kind of practice that you went through of building yourself up with the interest in putting things together of of hey i i want to do this thing but maybe i need to kind of be outreaching and kind of pulling all these parts to see how how i can get that done and i i love that guidance that you got when you were in high school of you know, look into this as an, as an aspect and then, you know, make your own path. Mm, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, using the glue scab came from the earth itself. And so part of what my, um, main philosophy is that, that we come from the earth and that the earth provides us with all the medicines we need. So as far as, um, mental wellness and holistic perspective, you know, the earth provides us with everything. So as far as our foods and our wellness, our herbal medicines, um, our spiritual practice. So for me, holistic mental wellness um, comes from the earth too. And so we're living beings of the earth and we're interconnected with all the other beings around us. And to me, that really grounds me and provides me my sense of connection um, with life, which I think is, and purpose, uh, which is really important too. Yeah. So our Penobscot teachings and our traditional stories kind of ground us in our self-identity so that we know what our roles are and our purpose in life. And so we may all each have our own path, but it's that interconnected web of that circle that we're all a part of. Yeah. And I love that just from a mental health perspective too, is some of the things I, I talk about with with my clients are, you know, looking at um, how we interact as people in our communities, in our cultures, in our societies, and then also kind of talking about different parts of the body and how that plays into the nervous system response and the mental health response. And, you know, one of my major approaches is that it's not a separation of 
mind and body, they're one and the same. And it's really important to kind of look into those aspects of my digestive health is just as important for my physical body as to my mind. And, you know, my heart health and my nervous system response and my fascia, all these things um, have an influence on how I feel or what's going on in my brain and my brain chemistry. And I think it's really important to look at that. And I think also, as you're hinting at too, is we we as humans have this ability to really have a, a higher functioning brain than some of the animals around us. Um, although sometimes I doubt that <laughs> with some interactions I have in the community. Um, but one of our strengths as, as people is that community aspect. And I feel like sometimes we move further and further away with that and being separatists and having our you know, farther away from community. And I think it's beautiful what you were just talking about is like, yeah, we have different paths, but the overarching kind of connection is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much there. So <clears throat> yeah, the isolation that people are experiencing and the lack of community is really wreaking havoc, I think, and getting worse. Um, so reconnecting with community, uh, I think is really important. But and, and a holistic naturopathic perspective. Yeah, our, our gut is our second brain and sometimes even said our first brain. So um, the gut health is really fundamental in mental wellness. And that's really where I start because so many people um, have dysbiosis and that is from a number of reasons. And so going back to Gluskab who used that soil to create life, Basically, that's a fundamental um, component in our culture is that the soil, dakwe, is what we call dakwe. It's that which brings forth life. And so my language teacher said never to use the word dirt because it's such a negative connotation, but that we understand soil as bringing forth all of life. And what we're finding now is that the microbes in our soil um, literally bring forth life. And so without all of the beneficial microbes in soil, um, that actually plays a role in our moods and how we feel. So um, basically, if you have uh, imbalance in gut bacteria, that can contribute and directly cause anxiety, depression, insomnia, mood swings, cravings, addictions. And so, for example, like uh, candida overgrowth or these harmful bacterias can actually trigger um, the release of catecholamines, create anxiety in people, whereas the beneficial microbes that are found in soil or that are supposed to, supposed to be found in soil, right. um, the lactobacillus, the bifidus, um, these other strains actually promote wellness and well-being. And so it's actually the latest, um, most amazing science that we can actually see which microbes and how they secrete GABA or serotonin or promote dopamine. Um, there, there's even research showing that the bifidus bacteria in mother's breast milk actually prevents postpartum depression. So it's actually so fascinating. And so what's happening now is like the uh, major depletion of our soil. And so the depletion of our soil, how that's interconnected with us and is creating this mental illness that has um, wreaked havoc across um, the nation. So it's basically super epidemic right now, but how that goes back to the depletion of our soil 
And so when we strip our soil, when we have the monoculture and the um, um, over, you know, farming or these livestock, as well as pesticide use, fungicide, aerial mosquito spraying, I mean, you name it, that all destroys the beneficial bacteria. So not only is our soil depleted of the minerals, but also um, lacking the flora that, that should be found in the soil. So, you know, I'm a member of a local organic farm that um, really does so much to heal the soil and promote soil growth. And so that alone is so important for our mental health. So part of the interconnection is understanding how our mental wellness even goes back to the soil of our planet and why taking care of our soil is so important for our own uh, benefit. Um, the, you know, the other parts of the gut are also critically important. So what happens is uh, we have what's called an enteric nervous system. Mm -hmm. So basically we our, our gut is an entire nervous system of itself that connects to the brain. And so um, not only is the gut bacteria important, but also um, gut health in general, as far as the mucosal lining secretes serotonin. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. they say like 80% of our serotonin is actually produced in the gut. Right. Uh, so if we have <clears throat> inflammation in the digestive tract, <clears throat> which can be due to basically the imbalance in gut flora or what we call leaky gut um, or inflammation of the mucosa lining, then that inflames the nervous system of the of the gut. And so we have this um, <clears throat> um, inflammation of the nervous system and that too can create anxiety, stress, insomnia. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it's inflammation of the nervous system. So basically, um, we have to heal the gut. Um, we have to balance the gut flora. Um, we have to heal the mucosal lining. And so many people's gut has been damaged over time, not only from the depletion of our soil and the use of pesticides, um, but also genetic engineering, which inserts the pesticide into the gene of right. the seed. So that's released in the gut um, from antibiotics. Antibiotics um, destroy your beneficial bacteria. And they say, you know, it takes at least three months of high dosing to get back to where you were. But then there's other research that shows you actually never get back to where you were because there's so many billions of microbes in our gut. I actually just recently heard from a talk that was pretty profound that, um, our brain weighs like four pounds and the gut bacteria in our digestive tract also weighs four pounds. And so that is how critically important our gut microbes are. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we have to basically heal the gut. So in my practice, I do like a lot of functional labs for gut assessment. I will sometimes do stool analysis to actually measure gut bacteria. So measuring yeast, harmful bacteria, parasites, beneficial bacteria. Um, I do food sensitivity testing to look at, you know, if gluten's creating inflammation in the body, dairy, because what happens is if you have, um, if you have maldigestion or stress and you're not secreting your enzymes properly or the imbalance in gut bacteria, you're not able to digest the large proteins like gluten, like casein and whey, and then those foods will create more systemic inflammation. 
So gluten alone can cause brain fog, anxiety, depression, ADD, ADHD. Um, mm -hmm. So really getting to the root of what's triggering the ADHD or the depression or in the anxiety is what I'm focused on in my practice. So sometimes I have to do these functional lab assessments to really determine, okay, you need to avoid gluten. We need to balance your gut bacteria. Um, perhaps support your serotonin while we're doing all of these things. Um, so at healing the gut is a huge part of my practice. Right. And from personal experience, I can, I, I can speak to how, how well you do all those tests and how, how insightful it is to kind of see how your own body responds to certain things, because I, I do think you're one of the first people you know, me and my family have had kind of a, a journey on our health and trying to figure out some of the gut health too. And you were one of the first people we were able to connect with who was able to break all that down for us to get a better understanding of what, what that was like so that we can work on that regulation of how we approach things too. Yeah. And I, um, I try to catch people like babies, you know, because even starting off and in, as infants, the gut flora is already imbalanced, you know, so whether they had a C-section or vaginal birth, whether they were breastfed or introduced formula, um, these things all impact our gut flora, the vaccinations, which also contain antibiotics, um, you know, these things build up over time too, and then it just develops over time. So trying to, even before pregnancy, um, trying to establish beneficial bacteria through pregnancy mm -hmm. and then infancy. So I, I'm really um, focused a lot too on prevention and making sure things are maintained healthy from, you know, the entire lifestyle. But even, you know, people come in way past due and they're, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and been suffering their whole lives. We have to go back to the basics and heal yeah. the gut. Yeah. I, I think when we came to you, that was about eight years ago. My daughter's eight now. And um, it's crazy how time goes by so quickly, <laughs> so quickly. But um, that was like really insightful for us to to kind of work with you and, and get a better understanding of that. And then I think for my own edification, I've, I've really liked to look into that with the, the field that I'm in as well and, and look into, you know, um, you know, recommendations on, on things of like just nutrition wise that are really helpful to the gut and then finding that balance of fiber and soluble fiber and insoluble fiber that feeds the gut and flushes the gut. That's really important to, to regulate. Yeah, exactly. So going back to whole foods, so all your beneficial bacteria feed off that fiber and all those prebiotics and then, you know, sugar, alcohol, white flour feeds all the harmful bacteria. Mm -hmm. So what we're eating, you know, will re reflect on how you're feeling. And, you know, likewise with sugar, it's like a double whammy or triple mm -hmm. whammy, quadruple whammy, because it'll also cause the highs and the lows. So you'll eat a right. lot of sugar and then you'll plummet. And so you can find the mood swings. And, you know, so when you eat good quality protein and fiber, your sugar stays more stable and that will reflect your mood as well. But also just on a nutritional perspective, you know, the nutrients are really important. So good quality proteins like our amino acids mm -hmm. basically produce all our neurotransmitters. So serotonin is made from tryptophan, 
dopamine is made from tyrosine. Mm -hmm. And then you have the cofactors like the B vitamins and magnesium, which are really important to make all these uh, metabolic processes happen. So the good quality proteins and then, you know, whole grains and legumes and nuts and seeds, you know, nuts and seeds are really great because they're high protein plus good quality fats, which are really important. Um, our omega-3s are so important for brain health on so many levels. And a lot of people are deficient in omega-3s because um, I, the other work that I do is I really love um, talking about um, food sovereignty and whole foods. And so part of the issue is um, like wild salmon are endangered here on the East Coast. And so when you have like um, salmon, that was such an important food, so high in omega-3, so important for brain development, um, not only the brain, but the heart, the eyes, the skin, yeah. I mean, you name it, our omega-3s are so critical. And when you can't even get, you know, wild salmon here on the East Coast, it's really detrimental to our, to our well-being. So again, another connection of how our environmental degradation right now is really impacting our health. Um, but yeah, so these nutrients and these whole foods are super important just from a nutritional perspective on our, um, you know, our mental wellness. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer too, because I have a lot of people come and, and they'll point out, you know, uh, I like to point out some differences between like body and anxiety because you're, you know, the food you're eating or your body's responding to something and causing anxiety and maybe environmental anxiety that comes up. Because I do have a lot of people who come into the office and they say, I feel really anxious. I feel really overwhelmed and stressed out, but I can't find, I can't pinpoint like what might be going on around me because there doesn't seem to be anything to be doing that. And so sometimes we do some psychoeducation on like, you know, emotions and, and feelings are messages from our body that something something's going wrong and there's always a reason but like some of that reason is more interior and it's hard to know without doing further testing or or paying attention to like where you're eating or what's going on whether it's brain brain chemistry or gut or you know fascia related i think all all of these things are really important to take note because that is obviously a, a big concern because you could be spinning and not understanding what is kind of a precipitating factor and yeah. feel overwhelmed you know exactly the way i explain it is it's so chronic you know it's just day to day and you can't really explain you don't understand why it's just a chronic situation but for example once you figure out hey it's gluten or i have candida i'm eating too much sugar um then you pull it from the diet you'll start to notice the clearing and that you're improving and feeling good and then when you have it, it happens again. So you go from the chronic phase back to the acute phase. And so that's a part of the healing process is when you're, you're able to get to a baseline and then you can understand how it's triggering you and how that's how that experience is really happening. So people become into that chronic state where it's just their day-to-day -day thing and they don't understand how the food is actually impacting them. I think it's, I think it becomes extra complicated in this day and age too, when we have so much, um, like I've just been in my personal life having to really take times out because we're being so, um, <laughs> so uh, interrupted on just uh, 
uh, sensory level, so much sensory overload. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I need to go into nature and like find the balance because there's so much sensory overload. So even as far as like anxiety and stress and overwhelm, it's like, I feel like we're all at this higher notch just from the sensory mm-hmm. uh, overload that we're experiencing. And so I think sometimes also giving your nervous system some timeouts and for me, it's always in nature, you know, yeah. um but but yeah I, I agree I, yeah I agree with you I, and that's one of the things I always loved about your office in Springfield was not only is it in Springfield but behind the office behind <laughs> the parking lot there's a little yeah. uh trail in in nature and you know when I was counseling um, people out of the office I would sometimes take them back there and we would do some guided meditations or some just kind of sit and do forest bathing or nature bathing and f- very very nice to have that but that obviously you still hear cars and stuff in the background, but it's a, it's a good, you know, take off your shoes and get your feet in on, on land kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important. I think, uh, yeah, the, um, you know, just being, being within the trees, you know, they release the pheromones that help uplift you. Um, I was recently doing some reading and research about water and how the, um, the ions help increase serotonin. So it's actually proven to like, going near a waterfall or the ocean, the ions, the negative ions that release actually um, increase serotonin levels. So yeah, all those things are really important. And then just, you know, air and sunlight, you know, how the sunlight promotes vitamin D. And Mm. so how so many people here in the Northeast are just vitamin D deficient alone, um, just from lack of getting outside and how important, you know, that 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight a day on you know, skin exposure um, really is important for the vitamin D production and how important vitamin D is for um, mental wellness and health. Um, So just that alone is super important too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I, I think there's so much, I don't want to say basic, but there's, there's this natural tendency that we've moved around, moved away from and and just avoid now and and i think there's room for both aspects of our of society moving forward in different aspects but then also holding to those roots of of being human and just being in nature and doing those things that's really important and you know sometimes if i'm having a stressful day and a client doesn't show up or if i have a break one of my favorite things to do because i'm in amherst i'm right next to um some of the bike trail paths that happen in amherst I'll leave the office and I'll just go walk on the trails and no point. I have like no destination to go to, but it's just like, I'd I'd rather be doing that than, you know, crunching stuff at work or watching a show or or something like that. Um, Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I am just like, no, I'm going to sit on the couch and I'll watch an episode of star Wars or, or whatever. Um, But those days that I actually do that, I feel renewed and actually it helps my day move past faster and, and more generative to me and, and to my clients. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always tell people to, you know, like find what fills you, you know, so what, what is it that fills you up? So for me, it's definitely nature and being outside and, mm-hmm. you know, but some people might be their creative outlet or playing right. music or, um, you know, whatever their laughter and fun and joy comes from, you know, so trying to find that source. For themselves too, I think is also really important. <clears throat> I love that you were talking about the the water and the ions because um, 
I do eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy with people to work through trauma and stuck memories. And one of the steps in that is to do this technique called safe and calm. And it's uh, creating a schema in the brain for future memory. Uh, we often think of memories that are in the past, but really they're just schemas of how we make sense of situations. And so, you know, one of the beliefs that that we kind of work with is either using a past memory of safety or calmness or future memory of where you want to go or what you want to be. Yeah, just to kind of, you know, instill that through the work so your body can acclimate to like being in that place and calming. So it's almost like the reverse of trauma, which is trauma puts your body in a state of heightened response. This is kind of trying to calm that state and regulate the nervous system. And one of the biggest things that people use is being at the beach. Uh, that yeah. That's like one of the biggest ones. Uh, for me, it's walking in the forest and doing forest bathing and kind of finding a waterfall. And it's not based on a memory. It's just an amalgamation of all these things that I love. Um, but a lot, uh, I'm just making this connection out, but like a lot of people have the water aspect in, in those, you know, memories or, or those future focus concepts. Yeah. For one of my talks, that's what I was diving into the research and I was like, wow, this is actually like proven science. It's amazing that the negative ions released at uh, moving water actually has been scientifically proven proven to increase serotonin levels it's actually super fascinating i'm like wow no wonder everyone feels amazing at the ocean and waterfalls right. uh, yeah so that was pretty awesome that's great uh, yeah and you know part of the work that i do too is you know um neurotransmitter analysis so i do um functional labs where i actually measure people's neurotransmitters so through urine, um, we can actually measure serotonin, dopamine, GABA. We actually measure um, the catecholamines, the stress hormones, the adrenaline, the noradrenaline. Um, I measure cortisol, the stress hormones. And so, um, you know, these are all nice practices to put in place and to really, you know, help um, calm the nervous system and to feel good. Um, but sometimes people actually have super um, dysregulated over years of, you know, really deficient serotonin levels, you know, sky high um, norepinephrine adrenaline levels. Right. Um, so as far as measuring the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system, you know, some people have really high sympathetic, some people have really low parasympathetic, some people have both. Um, some people are low in both. Some people have low parasympathetic, low sympathetic, just from years. Um, so that can play a role with like um, attention deficit, not being mm -hmm. able to focus, concentrate. So you need those um, those catecholamines, those sympathetic neurotransmitters for your brain to think too. And so sometimes they're low in both. So it's really eye-opening to really do individualized care mm -hmm. because people are all over in the spectrum and then what I use is uh, like targeted amino acid therapy to really get quicker results so they can really help balance out quicker. So if yep. their serotonin's low, I'll use the 5-HTP, the uh, amino acid precursors to build it up. Um, if their like adrenaline is really high, I may use like L-theanine or some mm. like adaptogenic herbs. Um, adaptogenic herbs are really awesome because they, they really help balance the stress so that your adrenals aren't, 
um, completely overproducing all of these stress hormones. Um, so I really use a ton of adaptogens in my practice. Um, so basically the adaptogens help your body adapt to stress. So some of those adaptogens, like really popular ashwagandha, um, I love holy basil. I use the different ginsengs. Um, sometimes I use licorice root. And I'm really doing like individualized care as well. So I'll make specific individual formulas, herbal formulas based on, um, you know, what's exactly happening, you know, as far as like adrenal stress, there's different terms like wired and tired or like, you know, so you could have multiple things going on yeah. at once. The herbs, the herbs and the protocols that I use are the amino acids and nutraceuticals and supplements um, can really help on an individualized basic basics, um, you know, bring more balance to the system. And that tends to work a lot quicker while you work on, you know, um, you know, getting back to like the roots of like health, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, good eating habits or, you know, sleep habits or right. exercise or getting out in nature, or, you know, so while you work on the lifestyle piece, um, the, the medicine, the uh, natural medicine can really, really help um, get results a lot quicker. Yeah. And I think right that's now. an important piece because I do think it's, uh, you know, finding those two balances to help regulate is really good. I, I always joke around with, um, well, not joke around with people, but we always kind of have a conversation where they'll say, I'll do a check-in with them. I'm like, Hey, how's your sleep going? You know, how's this going? And um I think it's a really important thing is it's hard because when you're dealing with mental wellness, a lot of times people will say, Hey, if it was just that easy to do these things, that would be fine. It's like, yeah, they're not going to solve the issue, but they're going to be generative to the issue for sure. They're going to help. Um, so we don't want to just throw them out um, just because they're not going to be the solution uh, in and of themselves, but it, it's going to alleviate a lot of that stuff that we were talking about earlier too. I think it can be a catch 22 for people because they're caught in this vicious cycle, you know? So for example, the low dopamine, you know, can contribute to addiction behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so they're addicted to sugar, but eating tons of sugar is a bigger culprit as far as inflammation, feeding harmful bacteria and depleting dopamine. So it's yeah. like, you know, they're caught in this this cycle that's really detrimental to their health. And so what I say is, you know, we got to break that cycle somewhere. So, mm. you know, let's feed your dopamine naturally and let's get that up so that you're not needing to feed your dopamine with sugar. Um, and then, you know, then you can work off the sugar, giving them, you know, healthy alternatives to choose from as far as, you know, snacks or meals and you know, so it's like at some point we have to cut that cycle. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's good. Um, let me ask you, you were talking about food sovereignty and, and I also want to be aware of like, you know, sometimes uh, in certain societies in certain places that uh, these whole foods are hard to attain or they might be uh, more expensive than some of the readily available foods. Do you have any recommend? recommendations for any listeners of like small, easy, not really break the bank kind of changes that they could make in, in at least the nutrition part of their life that might be supportive? Yeah. So for example, like, even though I live in the city here, 
I have had a farm share CSA for 20 years and it really is a game changer. And so they have like family shares, half shares. You can go in and split it with other families even. Mm -hmm. um, but I find going to, and here in uh, Western Mass, there's just so much opportunity to go right to the farm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going right to the farm, you bypass the grocery store, all the processed foods that are in there. And it's really local, organic, grown with good intentions, the soil, the mineral content. I mean, it's like night and day, actually. And mm -hmm. so for me, um, going right to the farm is really where it's at. Um, yeah, because some people don't even have, you know, ways of growing. I, I did see like these community um uh these um like in, even in the city here, we have like space where you can actually get a little plot and grow. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen more, um, even with the work I do for Wabanaki people is, um, you know, farmers actually giving parcels of land to like, okay, here you can grow for your community here. Um, but I think it's really about, you know, the, the um, you know, the, the produce, the vegetables, the fruits. Um, I do a lot of um, scavenging, <laughs> wild harvesting to mm -hmm. like, um, but anyway, uh, I know, and the meats are super expensive. I mean, everything is really expensive right now. So right. I think, you know, for example, something that kind of really bothers me is like wick, to be honest, because it's like, okay, here, you can have all the free formula you want, but like breast milk is also free. Um, so it's like, for me, it starts with that, like breastfeed, you know, it's like free milk. But yeah, everyone turns to the free formula and I'm like, it actually drives me really crazy. And so if you just get it's like formula, uh, breast milk is so important for gut health for the babies and the adults going forward, you know, as you grow, it's fundamental. It has the bifidus in it, whereas formula has no bifidus. So it's like formula is completely missing the mark. It's going to create all the gut inflammation. So my first recommendation is breastfeed, breastfeed, breastfeed. And we definitely need more community support around breastfeeding yeah. or knowledge to women on how to breastfeed. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then the recommendations are like, they are only breastfeeding for like a little window. And it's really, we're supposed to breastfeed to like, you know, even toddler age, um, and so that's where all your bifidus comes from. That's the initial gut formation is all in the breast milk. And the formula is doing completely opposite. There's no beneficial bacteria in it. And it's harming the, the flora. And it's creating the gut inflammation right off the bat. So my first recommendation is breastfeeding, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then trying to eat things that come from the earth. So even like... um you know, farm-raised salmon. Um, again, I just did a bunch of research on that for a talk and like farm-raised salmon, the, the, the feed that they're using is basically equates to like formula because this the wild salmon eat all the algae mm -hmm. and that's why they have the omega-3s. But the farm-raised fish, they're feeding them GMO soy, um, you know, canola oil, whatever. And so the fish, the farm salmon are high in saturated fat. So that like totally <laughs> is counterproductive again. Right. It's like, yeah. so yeah. So I really stray away, stay away completely from farm raised fish. 
Um, and that that's actually a big problem too, because, you know, how do you have access if you can't go fishing? Right. <laughs> the waters are completely contaminated and they're, they're endangered species. It's just like not happening. Um, so for me, that's where, and it's not to sugarcoat it, like, okay, we can all eat organic and healthy because it's just not available for right. any of us. Um, so that's where my activism really comes in, um, you know, um, and my ancestors have always been activists for the water and the fish. And so it's kind of like an inherited role that I have, I feel like I have to play. So for example, here in the Connecticut River, the Connecticut River is just a mess. And, you know, the Penobscot River, um, where my um, people are in the reservation, they've actually removed four of the dams um, through an effort with the tribes and the conservation groups and the actual um, um, the companies who own the dams, they actually removed the dams and the fish are able to return. So there's a collective effort, you know, to really clean up the waterways. Right. And so if we're looking at our collective health, um, this is the work that we should all be doing is, you know, how are we going to get the Connecticut River <laughs> not only for the water, but the fisheries. And then like I'm saying how that reflects on our own health. Yeah. So, you know, we really need to be working as a collective to re be reversing this damage that we've created. And part of it is removing the dams to allow the fish to be able to come up to spawn. Um, so for me, that's where the heart of my work also is not just on an individual like individual okay we need to eat wild salmon we need to mm -hmm. eat greens we need good quality soil but this is a collective um which i was talking about at the beginning we're we're a collective we're a community we all live on this earth together and so the earth is affecting our health so it's my health and your health as well yeah. and so i <laughs> it might not be the easiest solution no but, but <laughs> yeah i mean i I think it's the the counter argument of people saying, yes, we should be doing this, but it's so expensive. It's like, well, we also have to be doing work on that level to change that dynamic and make it more readily available and and yeah. clean the earth so that this stuff does come back. Yeah. And I think it's becoming, you know, more critical too, like with climate change. So, you know, the lack of soil, I think um, the, you know, we've lost like, like, a really, I can't say the number right off the hand, but it's like 80% of our topsoil we lost, mm -hmm. you know, everything, they're asphalting everything, which is a carbon sinkhole where the soil actually um, regenerates carbon naturally. Right. And that, so these are the things that are I'm really passionate about as far as like, you know, just regenerative soil practices, composting, mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, um, cleaning up our waterways because right. even you know putting the salmon aside it's water <laughs> you right. know so at this point i'm actually trying to figure out um my water source um we keep getting notices um here in springfield that there's the um chlorine byproduct that um causes cancer mm -hmm. and it's like four years now that we've had this chlor from too much chlorine um, so yeah, it's, it's a challenge for all of us, but I think it, we need to come to kind of collective, um, collective understanding first that this is impacting us, all of us in our mm -hmm. health, 
and well-being and then what are we going to do about it um and unfortunately yeah, i wish i had easy solutions as far as right. uh, <laughs> but this reminds me of something you posted recently at, on social media that i was going to bring up but this i think this is the perfect time because i think i really love the quote and I'm not sure what the original source of the quote is, but I saw you post it and I, I loved it. And I think it was, um, even a goddess must carry a machete from time to time. And I think that perfectly sums up exactly what you were just talking about. It's like, yeah, there's, you know, we're, we're kind of helping health and, you know, being generative to this, these things, but sometimes we have to do that dirty work and roll up our sleeves and, and kind of push for, for change. <laughs> exactly and that's kind of how I feel <laughs> that pretty much sums up how I'm feeling these I days I mean I might use it as the name of the podcast if you're open to it like the episode might be that quote so you know yeah, we'll see unfortunately I don't know where it came from because I kind of stole it from somebody else's yeah, yeah. I'll, re I'll research it and put it in the show notes <laughs> if I can find like the original person yeah. who came up that's with great it. I would love that yeah. um so uh, real quick, before we get into our closing kind of questions that we always use, uh, one thing we didn't touch, well, we kind of touched based on it a, a little bit, but I wanted to give you a shout on, out on it because of your work with indigenous midwifery and, you know, um, birthing aspects, I think is amazing because not only are you talking about, you know, the gut floor that comes from natural birth or, or from milk, but I think, I think from what I've seen you talk about and what you've posted, there's a real retaking of that um, moment of giving birth to be more of a powerful, empowering moment for people rather than a fearful moment. And I know when my daughter was born, and I don't want to speak too much because it's not really my story, it's my daughter's and my wife's story, but there was, we did a lot of research and, you know, meditations and work on, on to kind of try to cultivate that empowerment rather than that fear oriented aspect. And uh, I think whenever anyone can kind of talk about it, I, I love, you know, changing that that concept that's kind of snuck in, in, in you know, the communities and, and the cultures. And I just want to give you a shout out about that, because I do think that's amazing work. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's really, like I said, I think it's coming through through this talk too, like, how important that is for me, um, you know, because it, it's the beginning of life, you know, and so um, for me, pregnancy is a ceremony and traditionally um, birthing was in the hands of the mother and the grandmother and the women around us. And so, you know, how that's kind of been, that power has been stripped and taken and how um, birth can be a very traumatic experience for so many people these days. And um, it's really troublesome. And so, yeah, to me, that work is really important and how we reclaim our roles and our ability and our, um, our, um, knowledge that's basically a birthright for me, you know, it's a birthright to be able to birth in the way that we want to birth, um, without, um, invasions basically. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So to me, that's, that's really important. So I've strived to help other women be able to, um, to feel that empowerment in birth and, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So my mom, um, caught two of my children. Yeah. So, um, to me that, that was really healing for generations because, you know, 
<clears throat> my all my grandma I mean my uh my mom had home births mm -hmm. and then so it's really important too that like um respecting the thousands of generations of Penobscot grandmothers that my lineage goes back that you know we honor um our knowledge as women as birthers um and not let that um power be t be taken from us Hey, so thank let's you. give let's give your mom a shout out too because I think she's the most <laughs> lovely one. She's always been so kind to me when I've interacted with her, and I really love talking to her when I do bump into her. So let's give yeah, uh, her a shout out. She's definitely been the inspiration in my work as far as you know, um, she, like you know, I was a home birth, I was carried in a cradle board, and she kind of raised me with like you know home medicine not really going to doctors not relying on that outside power structure and so instilling with me you know my traditions and my culture yeah so my mom really is kind of the and then you know she'll say her ancestors too though you know so yeah. it's really yeah that's great so. And I do just just want to throw out too is like obviously there are traumas that do come up with birthing. Obviously, we're not diminishing people who've had hard birthing, but I do think I do think like taking away before that aspect, like that fear is really powerful. So mm -hmm. all right. So um, oh yeah, one more thing uh <laughs> that you mentioned and what I loved, you just you know, we lived in Springfield for a long period of time and uh, you had referenced uh, different plots around Springfield that you can plant in. One of my friends, Ruby, uh, was very active in in kind of getting some of that stuff going. So anyone in that area who's looking for a place to uh, grow food, definitely check that out and research that. And then also uh, Forest Park always has a, a really good um, farmer's market that's not going to break the bank and is really open and generative. And I I definitely always recommend that to people in that area to check it out. Awesome. Thank All you. right. So now to the, to the closing questions where my geek hood comes alive again is we we've kind of referenced it a little bit, but um, let's start with like, if you could have any superpower ever just in the realm of possibility, whether it's uh flashy or not, what, what would the superpower be that you would like to inhabit if you, if you could pick anything? Wow, I think I wish I had more time to think about it because I knew I knew, but um, you know what's actually coming to my mind, I guess, is shape shifting. Yeah, so um, there's even stories, ancient stories of Penobscots being able to shape shift, and so I actually do think it's a reality <laughs> that yeah. the potential, the potential reality, is definitely there as far as shape shifting. That's awesome. Um, and then what do you think your real life superpower is? Like if you, I know sometimes this is a hard question to answer without feeling like your ego inflating, but I think it's an easy one. Oh, okay. Good. Being a mom. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you have to be a super mom these days. Everyone has to be super mom. Um, and it's a, I think, I think it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing because even, uh, I actually have a lot of um, patients from Lebanon being in Springfield is actually nice because I have a lot of different cultures. Mm -hmm. And just yesterday I had a woman come in and I said, yeah, you're a mom of seven, you know, you must have a lot of grandkids. And she's like, no, none of them want to have kids anymore. It's too hard. In Lebanon, we have a community, you know, yeah. and the children are raised in a community. And I'm like, I know, tell me about it. I got three kids. It's like, you know, um, it's very, very hard. And yeah. 
think it's the biggest challenge is um, being a parent these days and without the support of community. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's like the running joke, but it's not a joke. It's very serious. Every sure. mom is a superpower, super mom in my view. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think, you know, there's also a lot of like, uh, societal messaging of, oh, you can't have a self. If you're a mother, you have to, you know, only do this. And so I do think it's like you were saying, it's, it's an awesome power and there's pros and cons to it for sure. But that, that's a great answer. I love, that's probably one of the the coolest answers I've gotten. And so I really, <laughs> really appreciate that. Yeah. That's great. Um, and so like, before we close, I'm, I'm just wondering if, if you had to boil down, and this is a hard thing to do, but if you had to boil down for our listeners, um, one not one thing, but like a short sentence or two of what you want them to take away from listening to this podcast, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think the main thing is uh, we are the land. Um, basically, we are not detached from the land. We are the land. We actually come from nature and that nature can heal us. That's nature awesome. and medicine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, Jessica, it was an honor. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I always like touching, touching base with you and catching up. So I, I really appreciate you being generative with your time, but also coming and, and sharing this space with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me too. I really love the work that you do as well. And so any way that I can support you um, going forward too, but I love the connections we have. Awesome.